So you've decided to listen to the Reality Czars podcast. How brave of you. Nate and Paranoid American may think that they're merely discussing cryptozoology, interdimensional realities, and crude humor. But know this, listening to this podcast puts you on a certain list, the Clinton body count, if you will. The truths they reveal are not for the faint of heart, nor the blissfully ignorant. Listen, if you dare, but remember, some doors, once opened, cannot be closed. And now, your hosts, those audacious explorers of forbidden knowledge, the reality czars, Nate and Paranoid American. And we're live. Welcome, everybody. This is the Reality Czars Podcast, and I'm your only host tonight, Nate. Thomas is like triple booked. I don't even know what he's doing, but Thomas, have fun, buddy. I hope you're having a blast. Tonight, I have someone on, Joshua. We've been talking on Instagram for a little bit. How, what do you go by, Joshua? Uh, online, you were called the Appalachian Aesthetic. That is correct. I happen yeah. to live in the Mid-Ohio Valley uh, area, so I came up with that name for instagram but yeah you can call me joshua all right welcome joshua welcome to the show man this is your first time on uh why don't you do some plugs why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and where they can find you well uh, of course you can if find me you on... want to be found i guess I don't know. <laughs> well yeah so uh on instagram you can find me as appalachian aesthetic um i do have a youtube channel you can find me on there as uh, the branch, and then also uh, I curate, you know, a, a channel on Telegram called the Solomon Report, and I do some uh, Bible study and news, uh, uh, viewing news through the lens of biblical prophecy with uh, a friend of mine, and I do also uh, record um, some like occult cinema. I don't know what to even call it, <laughs> but I got another buddy I do stuff with. Uh, he, he's got a thing called King of Cups podcast. So we like the occult movies and um, like Pinocchio Hell or yeah. you know, different movies like that. Well, and, yeah, uh, I'd love to have you back on to talk about occult movies. Maybe you and your buddy or and absolutely. or we can talk some like some Bible stuff through like uh, like I love the prophet like the prophet prophetic stuff i don't know what flavor of fucking christian you are yet because every you know every christian has a different flavor um i don't know if you're like a dispensationalist or any of those sort of things uh but man i mean i like talking about the bible too i grew up uh, very pentecostal ah. uh, so well that's an interesting uh, uh pentecost is one of the last vestiges of Judaism in modern day Christianity because they don't keep the feast days any longer um, except for Pentecost. So that's usually a good place to kind of start when I want to talk about the feast days with somebody because that's something that's already familiar to them, you know? But, Are um, you, do you consider yourself like Messianic then? Do you like keep yeah, man. Or thing? You got it. Messianic Jew, basically. <laughs> I don't want to, pigeonhole it but that's you know i mean christ was here to just show us how to keep the law you know he didn't tell us to create new holidays and and to break the law um so yeah, for yeah, me that's I, a lot of wisdom <laughs> i got in a facebook fight with 
with a Messianic Jew the other day. I go to church with basically all Messianic Jews. Like our church is basically like a Messianic church. Like everybody's wearing yarmulkes. Everybody's blowing shofars. Like there's a lot. That's of awesome. <laughs> and, and it's rad. Like I don't have a problem with it. Uh, but to me, when it gets too religious and too lawful, I kind of like this guy was just fucking shitting on everybody. And he was talking about like, Jesus wouldn't eat bacon or something, and then Jesus wouldn't do that. I don't know, man. I just and I was like, I just started like I was like, you sound what the fuck did I say? like? You sound circumcised, and uh, I was <laughs> talking. I was drunk, dude. I was really drunk, and I decided to just start talking shit. And then he was really gracious and kind of sad about our exchange the next day. And I was like, I'm sorry, dude. I was really drunk, so. Well, think He's about a it though. Than me. The, uh, <laughs> the rules for diet, though, um, a lot of uh, like certain types of a fish has to have scales and fins, for instance, to be kosher. Um, and so the but Leviathan. Have you ever had crab, though? I grew oh, dude, up on the toast trust me, I understand. <laughs> but all the good foods, you, it's they're sinful usually. You know, like pork is really tasty and so it's unclean but my theory is with that is that one of the reasons that we were told not to eat those foods is because you literally are what you eat so like um, each of these animals belong to a different kingdom within the order of creation and so if they fall into certain kingdoms i think then you're more uh, susceptible to like that particular influence from whatever angel might be associated with that creature hmm. or that domain so for the same reason that you're wearing a tinfoil hat, I don't eat bacon. You see what I mean? Like, so that's kind of where I'm I think wearing this for fun. I <laughs> but also uh, tin, tinfoil. Tin I know if it's this was tin, yeah, this is aluminum. But the the word tinfoil though, kind of implies a relationship with Jupiter, which is the hmm. that's tin, and that's the king planet. So if you you probably never imagine a crown being made of tin. Yeah, buddy, this right? is a crown right here. It's uh, an attempt right? to make oh, it didn't notice it was an actual crown. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's uh, what's so rad about it is because the um, the great sign that we had in 2017, 9-23-2017, involved Jupiter. And Jupiter may have also been the star that the Magi were following um, when they went from Persia to Jerusalem. So it, it, it does yeah, have I've this heard the stories that it could have been a UFO. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go. And I've seen something that I think would qualify as that years ago. It was like two, it was a pyramid on top of a pyramid and they like superimposed on one another. And I've seen that on the cover of Philip K. Dick's book, Radio Free Album Youth. The same thing I saw in the sky was on the cover of that book. So I wondered if maybe that was like? it. What's well, it look like? There were tines of light coming off the tops, um, bottom, and then the left and right. And at first, it, I thought it was just a star, although it was huge. <laughs> and I look at the stars enough that I was like, wait a second, that, that's just so big. It can't be a star. And so I kept staring at it. And then the longer I stared at it, my eyes began to adjust to the intensity of the light. And I began to see shapes in there. And it was... Uh, a, a black pyramidal shape on top of another pyramidal shape. And there was a distinct line through the center, but I couldn't tell until I stared at it for several minutes, you know, 
Interesting, man. And I've had a UFO experience as well. And I'm just now thinking I could probably, I, I, I don't, I'm not smart enough to figure it out this moment, but I'm probably going to be able to share it with, uh, with my audience eventually. Cause I remember looking at this, dude, it, it, it freaked me the fuck out, whatever the hell it was. How did it behave? Dude, that's the thing. Cause it looked like, it looked like a light, um, a bright white light. And everybody asked me if it was orange because I guess that would be connected to like people say the divine feminine, uh, this whole thing, uh, this orange lights. But uh, this was a bright, it appeared white to me. And it came off of a hill and it was so bright, but like it was far enough away where it looked like, uh, like when I first saw it, I was like, I thought it was somebody with like a fucking flashlight. I thought it was like a ranger because mm-hmm. me and the wife, we go camping like in the middle of butt shit nowhere, dude. Like where you got to dig a hole of shit. Like we were nowhere. Like literally there's <laughs> not another person for probably 20 plus miles like where we were at. Um, if anybody knows where this is, it's in Mitchell, Oregon. It's near uh, the Painted Hills out here in Oregon out here. And it, we're like in the desert. We're in East, well, Central Eastern Oregon, like hot desert, nobody. And we saw this thing coming off up off the hill. And uh, it kind of fucking, I, I thought it was like a ranger, like coming towards us kind of, because it like kept like, we could tell it was getting closer. And then it just kind of kept going up higher and higher. And like, and we were like, it's not on the mountain anymore. It's like, it's in the air. And whatever this thing was, I, yeah, that's a weird thing. So it, anyways, I keep thinking it must have been like a fuck it. Like if I'm trying to convince myself that it wasn't a UFO, I tell myself it must have been, been like a drone. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah. the thing yeah. was so bright and it was silent. There was not yeah. any sound. And it got really pretty fucking close to us. And it was it was moving in this way. So it was this bright light. And when I look at it through the camera, I would zoom in and it was just intensely fucking moving. And then it would go up, down, up, down. Like it was doing this weird fucking pattern. And we would feel like this presence coming off of it. Like we felt like an intense, almost, it was like aggressive. We had like a malevolent, like, uh, like it was almost like that kind of, I don't know what the hell it was, dude. And like, I had my, like me and the wife, when we're out camping in the middle of nowhere, we were like naked. It was summer. Like we're sitting there naked. And the only thing I've got on me, is like, it's probably like eight o'clock at night, maybe nine o'clock at night. It's, it's pretty dark. Uh, the sun's going down. It's summertime. I'm sitting there naked, but I've got my belt on and my holster and I got a gun on me. <laughs> I'm like, do I shoot it? Did I start just shooting at it? Because no one's going to fucking care. There's no one around. No one's going to hear me shooting at this thing. But I was also trying not to, like, make a fucking... It, I'm not trying not to make, like, an enemy out of whatever the fuck it was. And then it got close enough to us that it made us fucking nervous enough to, like, get in the car and we were going to drive away. But, dude, there's one highway near us for you know what i mean like if this thing wants to get us it's gonna get us (laughs) we just said like fuck it dude we just sat there and roasted like like fucking marshmallows and just said fuck you come get us 
you know, and it just stayed there and watched us. And we got in the tent and kind of had the like the window kind of thing open, you know, the thing. And we just sat there and watched it. And then we passed out. And I don't know, dude. I mean, I guess they can affect your memory. Maybe it came down and like diddled us. I have no idea. Well, you know, like in Men in Black, the, they flash yeah. you with that light, right? So, you know, there's usually a, that possible, dude. We might have got loss. diddled, but we have no memory of it. So. <laughs> I guess they got one on us. They got one over us. I don't know. So did you go out there expecting to see something? No. Oh. We were just trying to dude, we're just out there camping trying to relax, dude. So it's not even known for that out there, huh? Like it's not a popular spot to see anything. I mean, I was normie enough at that point. This was like a few years ago, where like I wasn't expecting to see no UFO. And like, I like, I still don't believe in aliens. I like, I'm a fucking weirdo. Like, I, I feel like if I, if I see something out there that it's probably like government, right? Like the UFO experiences and the abduction cases, I think are probably fucking feds like, uh, doing like MK ultra kind of shit. And just like erasing your memory or screwing with your memory or giving you a heavy dose of drugs to try to like make you forget. And they do weird stuff to you. Well, in DMT, uh, the the documentation for DMT experiences seem to be very similar to abduction scenarios. So I would I would have to say that you might be right about that because after all, the government did create uh, what was it LSD and yeah. things like that. So I mean, that's well documented. Dude, so it's not I, a leap, really. It's weird, dude. And I talk about it every once in a while. I think that like. I think my dad was unintentionally working for the fucking CIA and he didn't know it. Like, oh, I think like about a contractor. Him. No, he was just a scumbag. My dad was a fucking heroin addict and a drug dealer. And I know for a fact that he was getting his, he was getting his acid from Osley. Like uh, he knew him and he was getting it like direct from the source in California. And he was selling acid directly to fucking Charles Manson. What? That's my crazy, dad was man. Earl Manson's drug dealer and was selling him acid and shit. And my mom and dad sat there and were watching the news when Charles Manson was getting arrested. Like, Why is Charlie on TV? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think my dad was, I, my dad was a fucking scumbag. I, and, and he was like a genuinely nice person and an asshole. Like, I don't think he was a fucking fed. I think he was just like, what do you call him like an asset or not even you know what i mean like he was probably being the, agent yeah an agent he was agent smith yeah I mean, that's what we call him today right that'd be a way cooler story i just think he was a fucking drug addict but i've heard enough fucking stories like around that time and of like mk ultra stuff and like uh i think he was just like a fucking dumbass that was like i don't know convenient and they used him to fucking deal with it. it probably protected him from like my my dad went to prison a few times but it probably like saved his ass a few times or something because you know you think about how many times charles manson was like he was like on probation and he he got like stopped by the cops and he was in a car with a bunch of drugs and he was drunk and he had two like minors with him two like young girls with him and the cops would just like okay we're arresting him and then they'd get a phone call let him go you know, shit like that. And Charles Manson would just go, you know, like they were shut it down. Dude. Yeah. Shut <laughs> it down. Yeah. Like when they caught the dancing Israelis, you know, in fucking nine, right after nine 11 and they like got arrested. They were interrogated. They're like, what were you guys doing out there? And then 
they got like a phone call. Let them go. Like what? I open the fucking door to let them out. You know. Yeah, psyop. The psyop is ageless. It's it's been with us for generations. So you do think the? Have you guys talked about the moth? Is this what episode two thirteen? Have you guys talked Uh, about the moth man before? This will probably be more like two seventeen. We've got oh, a few okay. backups. Like I'm all dude. I don't have time to put out more than one episode a week, dude. I we used to we used to put out three episodes a week, and like our fucking our like our downloads were growing like crazy. I I work too much, dude, and I can't like. I I don't have fucking time, so I'm putting out one episode a week if I'm lucky, and I've kind of got like a backlog, but. I think you're going to be 217, which is also a cool number. Well, uh, <laughs> dude, let's talk. Uh, like, yeah, I would ask real fast, like, biblically, what is your idea of like UFO and aliens and things like that? Because, I mean, I technically think, dude, the more and more I've had a few like Gnostic folks on here talk about how this world is a simulation and we're talking about like uh, interdimensional beings and things being like parts of the archons and or like uh, I can't remember the word they used, <laughs> but like, I don't know, man, it's fucking fascinating, dude. And I don't like to rule out the idea that i mean i definitely am a believer in interdimensional beings as far as like angels demons and a plethora of other maybe things um and so i typically think that if there are aliens i would more think of them as an interdimensional creature and not necessarily something that's coming from outer space but maybe i just i'm skeptical and or something that's ultra terrestrial i think that there is some, maybe some interesting creatures that live in the ocean like some intelligent oh, yeah, beings uh, and or some intelligent beings that might live in like some form of hollow earth mm-hmm. uh maybe there's some like well speaking about the jews in the tunnels i don't know maybe there's some <laughs> something with that i don't know uh but what what are your thoughts joshua what do you, what do you think about aliens and where do they fit into your like biblical canon what like what are aliens if you believe in aliens well um i think the term alien you know that is kind of a trigger right cuz what is an alien to everybody but um i would say it, it really stems from the early uh, elemental creatures and the Nephilim and the uh, fallen angels. A lot of these creatures, well, not not so much the Nephilim, they kind of were kind of after all this, but a lot of the primordial angelic creatures and elementals were created for the sole purpose of terraforming this earth. So that which we call the simulation, you could consider them the coders. <laughs> they built the world, right? And um, so some of them rebelled against God and um, you know the rebellion occurred in every cast of angels it wasn't just the singular Lucifer as we know him, uh, but several of the angels so um, you know I referenced kingdoms earlier and so that's why a lot of times with angels you'll see them maybe look like a lion or an eagle or a scorpion or some type of chimera looking creature or just eyes <laughs> um, it's because they the or a serpent. Um, so it depends on which order they come from. And that determines their ranking. And there's also the angels that look like humans. 
and they are the highest basically because they're in the image of God, right? So um, my opinion is that uh, Lucifer himself is chief among them, but he was actually an altar boy to the father. You had one at his right hand and one at his left hand. And so you got the goat and the lamb and they both are to the father, right? Who's in the tabernacle of heaven. So I think he fell and with him, he took several of the other angels in rebellion. So, you know, these entities that exist today, some people say there's all these different races of aliens. Well, yes, actually, maybe that's true because maybe they're actually different casts of angels, right? And so they have some type of influence in this world, whether it be through certain types of animals, certain types of, you know, gems, because, uh, you know, frequency and vibration you got a law of correspondences to look at, like color, sound, um, so on and so forth. So uh, even down to like plants and things like that. So a lot of times if you research into angels and stuff, you'll see they've got like a whole list of different things that go along with it. And we even have documentation in the Testament of Solomon that he used these entities, these fallen entities, to build the tabernacle of Yahweh the first time. Um, you know, Pardon me, my phone's ringing behind me. So, speak of the devil, right? So, um, so anyway, he uses them to uh, construct the temple. And uh, this was, only took seven years. So, the second time they built the temple, it took 46 years. So, with the aid of these Nephilim angel-type creatures, you know, he was able to do that work really fast. So, I think that's an interesting uh, literary reference to something that we maybe now call aliens today is that they're the oldest things around you know um they they live yes perhaps in the earth you know and um, you got agartha in india um, and, and around here in appalachia you got a lot of caves and stuff that go underground um so you know i think that they're in it well actually there's a really good reference for uh, france there's dis pater D-I-S, Pater, father of the underworld. Um, there was an entire Gaulish people that came from him. They were proud of it. So, you know, that would, too would be an alien, right? So I think when we say, like, alien, well, what is not from Middle Earth, basically? Because Middle Earth is that plane, that f call it a flat Earth or whatever, but, you know, the terrestrial top of the Earth you know, creatures. And then below that, Maybe that is indeed hell, you know. And then you got the uh, heavens, of course, that is anywhere higher than earth. So I think they come from every level of that because each one had a different job, right? And depending on where they came from, that's the type of alien maybe you're dealing with. So that's man. kind of a nutshell explanation. I didn't want to be too wordy. But Go nuts, man. I think no. they're real, though, in short. Sure. Um, in that, it, like by your definition, then I, and then I'm on board. Aliens. Are well, real. that's the thing though. Today's language is so like, confused. <laughs> we can't agree well, on anything anymore. I think that like the, like the media and or Hollywood and or Babylon has done a good job that's telling amazing. us what to think aliens are. Yeah. Well, and look right. what's happening to Little our country right now. From Alpha Centauri, 
are like coming down here and they want to diddle your butthole. Um, and I think that the people that are diddling your butthole are probably government agents. Uh, I don't know exactly what they're doing down there when they Every do that. When you fire, fire your taxes. But yeah. you're also <laughs> suffering uh, the effects of illegal immigration, which uh, a term for that is aliens, right? So I think it's interesting that that has entered our lexicon once again with a dual meaning, you know, um, it's like certain, you know, alien back when X-Files was running on Fox TV, you know, that, that meant something different. Now it's like, whoa, okay. So I think part of that simulation, as you mentioned earlier, goes back to language itself. Um, so in Hebrew, you got the three mother letters, which are Shin, Mem, and Aleph. And from those, you get all the other words. And that is collectively known as the matrix, those three mothers. And um, it also refers to the veil in the temple and also the hymen of the female um, generative parts. So that is all the matrix, right? So when we're birthed into this world and all the words we encounter and concepts we encounter and laws we encounter, that's all actually part of the matrix itself. So you can almost think of the world as like the CPU, the hardware, and then the matrix itself or is actually maybe the software that runs on the hardware. So, you know, I think that's why words are so interesting. It really does shape your reality and understanding of things. And there was a time when, you know, it wasn't so common to have uh, books, <laughs> you know, so I think we really take reading and writing for granted these days. Um, when in fact it's, it was, it was of a higher order, you know? Well, you know, it's fascinating to me that they try to tell us that Latin is a dead language and they don't want us to, they, they're definitely not teaching anybody Latin. And I, and I do think about this too, that like the way like language was used to occult certain things, yeah. like basically our whole language structure and the words that we use now we don't we don't even know the fucking origins or the true meanings of the words that we use and so there's so many times that we like just like i this is a simple one everybody knows this one but for everybody that's listening maybe you're a normie and you've never heard this but like the word government governmente and govern means to to control and mente is the mind Right. That And so government is mind control. What are they doing? They're controlling the masses. They're mind controlling you. And so like there's so many different words that are used or that are in our lexicon that if you knew the root of them, you'd be like, wait, what? Like a mortgage, like a uh, mortgage basically means like a death contract. Like you're yeah. going to be in debt for the rest of your life. You're going to pay off your entire, like for your entire existence, to be able to pay off this debt for your house because they, it's, it's absolutely bizarre. And, and I think about it then too, that when you think of times in life, like you were saying that there were, there were times that it, like books weren't available and, or people didn't know how to read. Uh, like you think back to like the dark ages and why what Martin Luther did was so fucking revolutionary and caused a lot of problems, honestly, but, and, or maybe was good, but 
I don't know. I'm, I'm still skeptical. I, we're still waiting on the Reformation. We're still waiting on like the time of enlightenment. Uh, I, I don't know if it's been a good thing or a bad thing. I'm kind of on the, I'm kind of in the realm where I think it was a bad thing, ultimately. But we'll see, I guess. Uh, but you have to think of a time when there was literally no one knew how to read at all, at all. Not even kings, for the most part. They kept them ignorant as well. The only people that knew how to read and write were the clergy and or like the papistry, the, the priests and things. And they were the only connection you had to the divine, to God. You could not, like you, I guess you could pray, but like the true connection, like a pope, if you, or a priest, let's say, if you crossed one, if you didn't let him do whatever he wanted to do and or take something, or what you know, whatever, worst case scenario, they could excommunicate you and your entire community would just excommunicate you and things like uh they could just tell you something this is what god said and how are you ever going to argue with them they're the only ones that know how to read the bible right and so uh i back to i guess like i don't even know the point i'm trying to make at this point it just it was fascinating to me that like the latin to me was a special language i think that was created for the elites and the power uh, the powerful to communicate with each other and to occult knowledge and i actually think it would probably be beneficial for everybody like i don't know, i don't know latin but i think it would actually probably be pretty damn beneficial for people to learn latin because I think that there's a lot of things that they still hold. I like that these elites hold over our heads, you know, because I think that when you say things, I think words can be a spell. And oh, I yeah. think that you can lock yourself into things by just the language that you use. You know, it's just the things that you accept and you just say about yourself. I think they become true and you don't even know the words that you're saying half the time. You know, it's a fascinating concept. Well, and the same could be said when you either choose to curse or bless somebody. Um, you know, we, we say cussing now, uh, but when you really think about it, when you're cursing somebody, you're and I've got a potty mouth. I'm sorry, wishing ill on. Well, but you're not. You're not. Your intent isn't malicious. It's you true. see what I mean? There's that. It's uh, the gun's not loaded, so to speak. You know. So, um, yeah, but but the. As far as the Latin thing's concerned, uh, it did make me think of how the taxonomy of all the creatures on Earth typically use a Latin name. Mm -hmm. And um, now, be that as may, their it's still... scientific name. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. So not their Latin. heavenly name that Adam gave them, because Adam's job was to name all the animals, right? So they're kind of trying to replace... So, so every animal and creature on Earth has a name that Adam gave them. But then we've created a new Latin one and given it to them, right? So I kind of think that's interesting how you talk about the Do we know any of the original names for things? Like, do we know? Perhaps. Like, <laughs> I, I'm well, curious. Here's a good it. example. So a unicorn is actually in the Bible. It is wild ox. So there's a lot of oh. folks that think it might actually have been a rhinoceros because there are monoceros and rhinoceros. There's a rhinoceros with one horn and one with two. And, uh, and that would indeed be much like a wild ox. <laughs> and it's likened them to uh, something that can't be stopped. You know, like imagine a rhino coming at you charging. I mean, 
what a fearful thing, right? So um, there's speculation about unicorns actually being that, for instance. Monticeros yeah. would be the term. I met uh, a wonderful woman and married her, my beautiful wife, Abigail. Um, and I, I love that she's on board and she's just as crazy as me. But she's twice as brilliant as I am. So uh, thank God for our kids and, and my shitty DNA. And we're going to make some smart kids. But uh, Praise the Lord. <laughs> she... Uh, she's on dude she's so on board with like dinosaurs being fake and or dragons were real <laughs> and and the whole i dude i honestly think that the whole like because dinosaurs that name didn't even exist until like the 1800s you know oh yeah like, i agree with you there i mean but i think that the idea the that there were existed maybe well, not the word honestly i don't think they're all fake I think that there were weird creatures that we couldn't explain. I think that the majority of them, though, a lot of those bones were giant bones uh, and or dragons. And, and I, why are they trying to hide the dragons? To me, <laughs> dinosaurs were dragons. And they, it was all occulted. But here's the thing, man. I think that they weren't just dumb beasts. I think they were probably sentient, like probably even the Dude. physical manifestation of the angels we're talking about you know so maybe when I they were disagree sent to with Earth, you, dude. and it's we, like maybe, maybe god we had cursed to them. Fight them we had to fight them and well uh, and think about what a curse it would be to be sent down to earth and become a monstrosity and crave flesh and blood i mean to me that sounds like a demon dinosaur sounds like a demon to me so you know and and you know the thing is like i, I do believe in the young not necessarily the young earth, but the young humanity. I think it took a long time to create earth and he used angels and different types of creatures to achieve this. But then once he was finished, he created humans right before the Sabbath. And so all the work had already been done. And then humans were created at, you know, right before the Sabbath. So how young do you think humanity is? I think we're getting to about 6,000 years ish. And then we're supposed to be coming up on that soon. I mean, the Jewish calendar is 5780 or something like that. So, I mean, it's pretty close to 6,000 according to their count. Um, but I personally feel like we might even be closer. Years? Yeah, but I think personally, I think we're closer than that because um, there's been a lot of dark ages there. And, you know, the way things are pacing right now, they're either trying to fake revelation or it's actually happening on schedule, but Dude, one honestly, way or the other. <laughs> I grew up, uh, I grew up and maybe you've heard this term before. Uh, like, well, they call them Christian Zionists um, and, or dispensationalism is like the term for uh, this type of, um, what do you call that? What's the, what's the study of the end times? What do they call that? Eschatology. Eschatology, right? So it's a it's a type of eschatology that that it, there are a group of basically like wasps, white Anglo uh, Saxon Protestants. That's the that, perfect word, by the way, and I'll mm -hmm. explain to you why in a moment, or I can do uh, it now. Sure. So yeah, it's the parable of the fig tree. Do you know anything about figs, Nate? 
there was a fig tree down the road from my house, and we used to go and grab them. They were the little mission figs, the ones that are I think they're mission figs, the ones that are green on the outside and bright red on the inside. And they're sweet and delicious. I grew up in California and would eat them by the dozen. Did you know that when you were eating them that you were also consuming a wasp that had crawled I've heard about them all being filled with nanotodes and worms and things, right? No, no, no not that. It's, inside uh, of them? Or? Well, perhaps, yeah. But oh, okay. um, but not, not nematodes and parasites necessarily. I mean, maybe some wasp eggs. <laughs> but anyway... So the wasp crawls into the uh, flower and then it loses its wings as it crawls in and then it's digested by the fig blossom. And as it becomes the fig, the wasp is dissolved. So the parable of the fig tree is uh, the, the tree of knowledge and good and evil in Genesis was a fig tree, in my opinion, because they covered themselves with fig leaves after eating from it, right? It's not an apple like we are all taught. That's another trick of language. And then in the, in the middle of the Bible, Christ comes and gives us the parable of the fig tree, where he curses the fig tree from the root and says, do not eat of this. Well, that's the tree of knowledge and good and evil, right? And then also in Revelation chapter 6, um, the fig tree is shaken by a mighty wind and casts its figs, uh, you know, even though they're not yet ripe. Well, figs are typically ripe uh, late October into November. So it implies like a um, a fall, right? The fall is when the fig tree is going to get shaken by the great wind. And Pentecost is when the rushing wind came, right? So I kind of think from summer to fall is this period of time when that fig tree is going to get shaken. And the fig tree symbolically in our day and age is uh, the nation state of Israel. Um, so it's been 76 years now. Uh, since its creation in 1948. So it fulfills the timeline of um, Christ saying in the Gospels, he says, this generation shall not pass away. The generation sees this shall not pass away. Um, he's referring to the fig tree generation. So a generation 70 years. Um, but there's other mentions of a generation in the Bible that say if by strength it can be made 80. So we're in year 76. <laughs> so we might be in year 76 of how many more to 80, right? Uh, but I don't think it'll go past 80. Um, there's also some other measures for generations, so, like uh, 120 years. So maybe it'll be some more years out, but I think it's pretty dead. I don't dead think on. we're quite at the end yet, personally, but I think it's going to get a hell of a lot worse before we Well, <laughs> yeah, obviously years. it's not going to get any better. Um, <laughs> at least we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay, so I was going to go back to dispensationalism because we were talking about, um, uh, we were talking end times, we were talking eschatology, we were talking about that's where we were going when you said that I think that you said that maybe that some people are trying to make it look like Revelation is coming to pass. Um, and that is literally what the dispensationalists are doing. These dispensationalists are trying to enact and... Um, fulfill biblical prophecy but they are trying there to me it's so much so when jesus says like i don't even know the date or time god knows the hour right well but the rest father, of that is father knows when this is happening but uh, go ahead tell me but in another part that's expanded on i um can't remember which book it is 
might be one Paul wrote, but um, it, it expands upon that saying, um, but you, my brothers, are to know the season. So it's like, okay, you can look outside and know what season it is. You may not know what day or what hour it is, but you can look outside and tell me if it's winter, summer, spring, or fall. And so I think I, by that rationale, we absolutely is, agree with we need you to, that yeah. we would know the season. I think and because he also given prophecy, I think that we are given knowledge. I think that we are also just given wisdom. And I think that if you are following his words and or the feeling that he gives you, like if you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, I think you can definitely. But I, I always, always, always think that when people start naming dates, hours, things like that, uh, I think you're misled. Right. Well, I would agree. Say, like, it's happening, yeah. you know. <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right that we can. And and I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute, or whatever advocate you want to call it. I'll just say this now: almost every single generation of Christians thought that they were in the end times. Almost every single one of them. They're like, eh, "We're it. We're the last generation. It's happening, and it hasn't been yet." Uh, so I don't know exactly what it's going to look like. So I'm ju I'm just throwing that out there. That well, like I would argue that, um, you know, isn't it good to be prepared? Sure. And I, I'm not saying don't be. So, but the thing is, though, half if each generation didn't feel that way, then wouldn't the final generation be caught off guard? And so, and they say there's going to be a lot of them, man. And we owe it to the future generations to be watchful, you know, because uh, I think. Sure, that, but at what point is it just like the boy crying wolf and everyone's like, ah, shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, but I would I would yeah. argue then this because. And then all not every, no, it's really a wolf. And everyone's like. Whatever. But not every generation had a fulfillment of Revelation 12, 1, uh, verse 1 through 7, where the woman clothed in me, the dude. sun. The woman clothed in the sun. That's Virgo, September 23rd. I'm a Virgo. So, Shout uh, out well, to my Virgos. <laughs> amen. So I'm an Aries. So I'm the first month and you're the last month of the Hebrew calendar as far as the feast days are concerned. You have three in the spring, Pentecost, and then three in the fall. Anyway, um, so the woman clothed in the sun with the moon at her feet and a crown of 12 stars travailing in birth. Well, we had... On that date, 9-23-2017, we had the sun in Virgo, because it was the month of September, of course. And the moon happens to be at her feet, that constellation Virgo, which means virgin, or young maiden. Um, and uh, she was crowned with 12 stars, right? So, well, if you look at the constellation after Virgo, you got Leo with nine stars that always crowns her. So it's not unusual to have nine. But on that day, had Mercury, Mars, and Venus making 12 um, in her crown, so to speak. So th then what we look at now is the travailing in birth. And Jupiter had been moving in retrograde, I think, uh, for four and a half, excuse me, yeah, yeah, four and a half months. And then antrograde, um, I might have those mixed up, but one way or the other, exits through the legs of Virgo on that day. So it had spent a period of nine months in Virgo. 
and exits on the womb at that very moment. So for any one of those things to occur isn't such a big deal, but for all of them to occur at the same time matches that prophecy in Revelation 12. So not every generation before had a such a, I mean, the sky clock is incorruptible. Man can't change that. So if you have a sign, a great sign in the sky, as it's foretold, personally, I would hearken to that because that's, that to me is what sets us apart. That and of course, if you look at the uh, fig tree parable, um, you know it fits that very nicely as well. So the synagogue of Satan is who's creating that nation state, right? And so Israel? Christ refers to them in uh, the book of Revelation. He says the synagogue of Satan, those who say they are Jews and are not. Um, so it's very clear. You that Netanyahu in the state of Israel right now? But where do they come from historically, though? It's Ash, actually Ashkenazim coming from the uh, Ukrainian region. So, and that's where you'll find Nazis today, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah the, it all makes a lot of sense. Them, some, like, we've had people come on here and talk about the Mountain Jews, or we've had them uh, referred to as the Kazarians. That's exactly uh, had them referred to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, dude. I mean, what I see is a group of usurpers, these people that are claiming the mantle of the chosen people of Christ, the chosen people of God. And the majority of them aren't even religious and don't believe it themselves. It's the irony of it. Which is absolutely bizarre. So what makes you a Jew? Uh, I actually have, uh, supposedly, some Jewish blood. I don't believe those DNA collectors, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my well, stupid, there's dumbass sister um, <laughs> sent in her spit to those DNA collectors. Um, and it came back. We are uh, mostly... Uh, Portuguese, Spanish, uh, a bit of Scottish, not Irish. I thought we were always Scotch Irish. They say we're Scottish and not Irish. Um, and um, some other bullshit. And then a lot of uh, Native uh, Mexican and a lot of Native American. That's uh, the majority of my gene pool. But then also uh, a little chunk of black. So I think I can say the N-word now. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And a little bit of uh, Jewish. Ashkenazi Jewish. <laughs> what are the last four letters of that? Nazi. Exactly. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, So you make a good point. And, and that's the thing that within the context of the parable of the fig tree and the synagogue of Satan, it like, it's like, well, I don't know. Too many things have been lining up you know, for that. I, I need to be convinced otherwise at this point that it's not true. So, I mean, I know everybody's stopped that, but the thing is the Passover that occurred while they were in Egypt, that was a bug out drill, basically. You know, it's like, hey, you have our stuff packed on your bag, uh, in your bag, on your back, eat this lamb, eat this unleavened bread. We're under the light of the full moon. Let's go. Well, this, this, the, the rapture, or second exodus as it's known in isaiah 11 is going to look a lot like that i think except it's going to occur on the fall feast days around the time of your birthday 
this time, I think. And that's when it happens, not just from one country known as Egypt, but the whole world, which is now Babylon. Once that one world government forms, you know, there'll be a mass exodus once again for a second time. So how close are we to that? Because that's really the essence of the, the whole thing. Well, well, well I mean, saying, it like, depends what you think uh, <laughs> the expulsion of like the Gaza is going to be uh, when well, that's you see the synagogue example. of Satan and or the Ashkenazis and or <laughs> the group of um, impersonators uh, driving the native population out of the Gaza. Uh, is that the exodus? Uh, I mean, this sounds wild, but like, dude, I, dude, I think Jesus looked a hell of a lot more like a Palestinian than he did uh, like Ben Shapiro. You're probably right about that. And now, um, whether I, I'm not saying, I don't know, like, if what is a Jew? That's what we have to talk about. Like, is it a blood? Is it like because they, when God talks about his chosen people, is he talking about a, a like a bloodline? Is he talking about a group of people tied by blood? Is he talking about a people that are tied by faith? Like, because what is it to be a Jew? You know what I mean? Like, dude, I, what I find fascinating, because I've, I've had pastors that would explain to me that, like, essentially the Sumerians were, uh, they, they had the same God, Yahweh. They had the same, almost the same practices. They were Jews, the Sumerians and the Jews. They had just chosen a different mount. Uh, a different mountain to pray on and they thought that this would this connected them to god and the jews had chose this mountain they had chose this mountain and they were almost like genetically the same they were almost like but they had this one weird little delineation and that's what caused this like split and this was the sumerians this were the Jew, the the jews um and i you know i i trust him i don't know i haven't done that research myself but it's uh like what the hell is a jew nowadays like is it is it can you be uh like somebody from um i don't know like norway and convert to judaism and then you're a jew is it a religion i can or answer that a question or what so, like it's if, fucking crazy to try to define what the hell like oh sorry go ahead josh <laughs> what what the, what in your definition what is jew well, Jew refers to one of the specific tribes of Israel. So there's 12 okay, tribes. So it has to be a bloodline then. So when we say Jew, we're actually referring to Judah, the tribe of Judah. And Judah is the one that is given the crown. So it wouldn't okay. benefit the nation state as it's known today. It wouldn't benefit them to claim one of the other tribes because they wouldn't have the crown. You see what I mean? So... Why impersonate one of the lesser tribes? Let's go for the crown. Now we have this authority. So, so that's why they call themselves Jews. Yes, but technically, but technically, Christ was from the tribe of Judah. So anybody under the blood of Christ and is given a crown by Him, that's why He can give crowns because He has them to give. He now, is, is there, Joshua, in your opinion, a bloodline that comes from Christ? Did Christ marry? Did Christ? have children well uh the the bloodline that came from christ was what came down from him on the cross and went into the golgotha 
and landed upon the mercy seat. That's his bloodline. <laughs> but uh, but did he have children? I don't know. So there's a lot of people that think maybe he did. But the fact of the matter is there's never uh, clear documentation of him being wed um, yeah. to have a wife. And so for him to have kept the law, he would have had to, you know, he would have had to have been married. And there's no documentation that he was. So. I don't know that he was. Uh, I mean, I know it's an attractive idea to think that maybe he was, but I think that um, that actually sets the stage for something possibly dangerous, though, because the Antichrist is probably going to claim that pedigree. You see what I mean? So you couldn't really have an Antichrist in the first place without that myth that there's Christ's lineage out there somewhere. Now, that said, I do know a little bit about the Priory Scion and, um, you know, the Dan Brown stuff and all that. I mean, I think that's very interesting and I do research it a lot because I think it's helping me to better understand the Antichrist. Or, you know, because you got to remember, he is going to be a, um, he, he has to be convincing, you know, <laughs> so there's got to be a Christ it, element to the Antichrist. I've been taught from the time I was little to watch for the Antichrist. That was like my mom did. I grew up on the left behind series. I grew up <laughs> with my mom telling me to, my mom was teaching me how to cast out demons from the time I could talk. Praise like, God. I grew up. You might need that. Back. You might need that in a few years, man. Dude, I, I might need it today. Dude. <laughs> you like, might need it tomorrow. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't dude. I Satan get thee behind me, you know, absolutely. Not today, Satan. Yeah. So, not today, Satan. Uh, in the left behind series, since we kind of just passed Christmas, this might be a little relevant. Do you remember the name of the Antichrist in that series? No, I don't. What was it? It was Nick, Nicholas. Nicholas. And so old that Nick is a name for uh, the devil. If you look at Webster's dictionary, it'll tell you right there. It's um, one of his many names. <laughs> so I personally find that interesting. Santa, Satan. Yeah, uh, it that is a fascinating connection, man. It, it is one of those interesting and things. And Christmas is not... A trying holiday. to like i mean who is santa usurping you know i mean taking over what is supposed to be the celebration of the birth of christ but i mean people could also make the argument that the catholics were trying to take over like saturnalia and or like pagan holidays and trying to Dude, I'm so anti-Catholic. I don't know where you're at, Joshua, but I, I think the Catholics did so many stupid things. I was attending an Orthodox, Catholic Orthodox church for a couple years, and they wouldn't let me take communion, and they wouldn't baptize me. And, and you know, it's just the longer I went there, I began to realize, it's like, oh, I get it. So, like, if you have a lot of money, they'll baptize you and let you take communion. Because there were people that, like, didn't have to go through the class that I was having to go through. And then there was people who did the catechism yeah, or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, I was just like, all right, guys. And then when I saw what they actually baptized you in, it was like a koi pond thing that they would bring inside. And I thought, well, that's not living waters. We're supposed to be baptized in living waters, which means natural flowing water, right? So yeah, dude. Polluted no, water I mean, from my local municipality. That's I wonder if I'm even really baptized, because I definitely I remember being baptized and I was in a like a hot tub, basically, like a glorified hot tub on top of a pulpit, you know, and dude, okay, I'm My just opinion is that the audience no, that's a giggle. Like, Go ahead. 
it, and if or I'm ever rebaptized, I think this would be so fucking funny to put like a black bath bomb in your fucking pocket. <laughs> you know? So that they can see the evil yeah. even yeah. Oh yeah, the water turns black and you just uh and fizzing. That, and fizzing, yeah. Just, to the so shock. everybody uh go get baptized. Go throw a black bath. You know what? I think that Jesus has a sense of humor. And I think if you are sincere and you're getting baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or whatever you want to get baptized in, he'll laugh and he'll be like, welcome home, you jokester. That would uh, make a good scene for a movie, (laughs) I'm sure. But the thing is, though, that Christ's example was in the River Jordan. And that was a natural flowing river. So if we're... John the, the Baptist in the middle of a river. It, that's uh, honestly, I like that's uh, our church when we do baptisms. Uh, it's it's in a river. Oh, that's the right way, man. Yeah. So um, if we're going to follow his footsteps, then we should try and do what he did, right? So, but actually, that whole tradition comes from the mikvah. Well, bath. I, I think honestly, what I've learned from the Catholic Church during COVID, you can use a squirt gun on infants. Uh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> but the thing is, like, and that's just because everybody wants it convenient now. It's um, convenient too, and or convenient. to me, why I chose the church. People might ask why I chose the church that I'm in. Uh, also, I'm, I know my audience is wildly anti-Semitic. <laughs> They're like, why do you go to a church like that? Why do you go to church with you? Anyways, I love everybody. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I hate certain monsters that call themselves Jews. I don't hate actually Jewish people. I don't hate, you know what I mean? There's some fucking monsters that, like, Rothschilds aren't Jews. The Rothschilds are evil Kazarian psychopaths that pretend that they're Jews. And then they use that as a shield to hide behind. You're anti-Semitic if you say anything about me or Klaus Schwab or that other piece of shit. What is his name? Uh, uh, what's the what's the billionaire that like uh, that funds all the wild left wing? You know what I'm talking about? Soros. Soros, right? If you say anything about Soros, like that's anti-Semitism. He he actually worked for the Nazis. He, he worked for the Nazis them. legitimately. But if you say, "Hey, that guy's kind of a piece of shit," they're like, "You're an anti-Semite." He didn't just work for them. He helped. To round up his fellow, yeah, fellow Jews for the fucking Third Reich, and he gets to hide behind anti-Semitism. I'm a Jew. Go fuck yourself, George Soros. Why aren't you dead yet? Fucking old piece of shit. Well, uh, (laughs) so, (laughs) anyways, I was gonna say why I chose the church that I'm in. Why I love the church that I'm in is during. Uh, 2020, during COVID and all the crazy bullshit, white churches or and or like Protestant churches that I was going to were fucking pussies. They were closing their fucking doors for the fucking for the pandemic. We're oh my god, man, this is a pandemic. People could die. Like, okay, well, that's all the more reason to meet up. Like, do I have a spirit of fear? And or is my God bigger than a fucking germ? 
Like, if, if this is what they say it is, should we be meeting up and praying? Should we be like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, where right. like where is your faith in Jesus Christ? Where's your faith in God? Like, even if this is all going to kill us, okay, let's go down worshiping the Messiah. What are we doing here? And every single one of them closed their doors. And then the churches that eventually opened, I don't know where you were at, Joshua, but in my neck of the woods in Oregon, I guess maybe we're extra fucking liberal and gay. Um, you had to download an app on your phone. Yikes. And then you could uh, reserve your spot in church. There was an app built for this so that you could reserve your spot in church. Then you would show up to church and then they would, the person at the mat with a mask would greet you from far away. Be like, Welcome air high five thank you for coming to to church today with a stupid mask on their face follow me i'll show you where i'll be seating you they were like a fucking they were like a what are those pieces of shit in a restaurant a hostess so then the hostess would take you to your your designated seating seated area that was like 10 feet away from the nearest other person and you had to keep your mask on the entire service and then you could worship jesus you could raise your hands but you better keep your mask on and we can all worship jesus like this and i was like what the fuck are we doing i can comment on the mask thing real quick if you like jesus christ uh, sure real quick go ahead man so <laughs> um, the wearing of masks is a lot of times a part of a ritual so if you were purposefully trying to invoke an entity into yourself you may wear a mask to do so to help with that, you know, just like with any set of correspondences. But furthermore, um, and as far as the Bible is concerned, how you knew a woman was a whore, or in other words, a prostitute, <laughs> was if she was wearing a veil. That um, dirty bitch. <laughs> so if you got the whole world wearing masks like that, to me, spiritually, that represented the whore of Babylon. And if you take it another step further, uh, you mentioned the germs, you know, influenza literally translates from Latin anyway to influence. Again, Latin is fucking important, man. Know what you're saying, because we're all fucking we're all speaking Latin. We don't know it. Sorry. Go ahead. What does Latin mean? Or what does it mean in Latin? Uh, influence of the stars. Jesus so, fucking Christ. Sorry, Lord. I'm cursing it. <laughs> so the, the influence uh, of the stars is what fucking influenza means. Holy yeah, shit! That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, and and wow. Enza in Italian, uh, E N Z A is female giant. So when we were under the COVID Ooh. thing, we were literally That's under the bad. influence of the female giant or the whore of Babylon. So we're still under its influence now. So I think we're seeing the whore of Babylon raise up right now and with that's going to come the mark of the beast and by definition in revelation that is the word charagma um, referring to proof that you have the mark well the mark itself would maybe be the vaccine right so proof that you have the vaccine would be charagma or the mark of the beast as defined in revelation so the only people in my family i could save uh my mother decided not to get the vaccine i talked her out of it. uh my stupid kind of a sister that gave her fucking dna to the to the dna collectors she got her dna fucked with she uh got her genetics her dna altered 
same with her husband and both of her kids, my niece and nephew. Uh, they're my age. They're like my brother and sister. I love them very much. They, uh, dude, it's fucked. Well, see, my here's wife, the thing. You my, have children, my wife, nice my children, <laughs> they don't got that shit. My mother is the only one that I could fucking convince. She's as crazy as me. And she decided not to. She unfortunately is a giant fucking Zionist. And like, if Bibi Netanyahu pulled out his uncircumcised cock, she would suck it and be like, thank you, Jesus. Well, I happen to be circumcised. and I am too, but it's really <laughs> sad. Saying, I, don't I wish I wasn't. My, in my first one, I got circumcised too because I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. My baby is not fucking circumcised. His genitals are not fucking snipped. He's not, he's not, uh, anyways, I'm very anti-fucking male circumcision. I'm sorry, Joshua. I know you're probably pro and you think it's the best thing in the world, but I, I, <laughs> well, I it's the best thing in the world, but there's a reason for it though. I'm not doing so it. So I must say like just off the cuff though, uh, it is not a surprise to me that in the end days that that is such a popular attitude to have. Because I'll even hear it among Christians <laughs> that I know, like they're anti-circumcision. I'm like, well, if I just said one day I'm anti-do not murder, is that okay? You know what I mean? So like, Joshua, you're gonna you're gonna try to equate the two? No, no, I'm just you're saying. Like, the, well, what we got to understand people in the asshole, and well, but that's not one of the commandments. Okay now. But that's not a commandment, so that's not a good example. But. Um, <laughs> So I'm just saying, like, there's actually wisdom in each of the commandments. So just saying, like, oh, well, you know, shouldn't do it. Well, maybe there's some hidden blessing in it and a blessing that we are enjoying without even realizing it, you know. Okay. So well, one of the my, reasons my, for it, My youngest will never know that blessing. Well, but look at it scientifically. <laughs> maybe you notice over time, be like. A reason. <laughs> when he's an adult, he can choose to bless himself. Right? My so nephew it... did. I, I, dude, I shouldn't be talking about my my family's personal life. But I, I there's an adult family member that I just said, sorry, buddy. Well, but anyway, <laughs> you can uh, do it find it. As an adult, just because he grew up with, like, shame and or ridicule from people that would give him shit about it, like, Ew, you know. And uh, anyways, let's get off the topic of circumcision. I'm, I'm, I have my strong opinions. You have yours. Let's not talk about peepees getting chopped. Um, what the fuck were we talking about a minute ago? Why I chose the church I chose. Uh, the why the why I chose literally the only reason why I chose the church that I chose. Uh, besides me fucking really respecting my pastor and thinking that he's a great man. Um was because it was the height of lockdown this is 2001 the height or 2021 rather uh height of lockdown and it's so fucking wild you're not on the west coast i mean i'm sure the east coast like far east coast further east than you uh, they'd be able to relate uh hopefully you guys were a little bit more free i don't know what it was like where you're at but here on the fucking deep blue west coast uh if I'm on the border of Washington and Oregon. Like Portland is literally the bo a border town. You cross a river and you go into Washington, right? 
if you go across this invisible line, this river, if you go across it on a bridge, you were supposed to quarantine yourself for two weeks. Oh, yeah. I've heard about it. That. Was, it was one of these things where you're like, if I go over there to go shopping because they, you know, whatever, then you come back, you're supposed to quarantine yourself. Uh, someone had invited us to go to this specific church. They said we had to. They said uh, Jesus is there. The Holy Spirit is there. Like what, you know. And I said, okay, you know what? These fucking churches that I'm going to now are absolute bullshit. They're cowards. To me, it was it was a spirit of antichrist to be afraid oh, yeah. of meeting together, a fellowship of worshiping the Christ. Like if you were afraid of that, I was like, well, you're living in a spirit of fear. So I was like, okay, I'll go. So I took the wife and we went up there and this is in Vancouver, Washington. And so we went over there. And uh, almost nobody speaks English. I mean, a few of them speak, kind of speak English. They're all Russians. Like we go to this Russian church uh, and they and uh, Russian Messianic kind of church. And these people were hugging. These people were shaking hands. Shabbat Shalom. How are you? Hey, like they, they were worshiping Christ and hugging and holding each other. We were all praising God. And dude, there was not a single person with a mask on that no one had the spirit of fear. Everyone was worshiping Yeshua. We just had this beautiful, wonderful time. And I was like, this is my church, dude. And later, my pastor, my pastor uh, is a doctor and was a doctor uh, at a uh, like an emergency room. I don't know, like one of those like he was in a big hospital in Vancouver and they were like, well, you're going to have to get the jab. Or you're going to get fired. And he was like, he tried to do the religious exemption. They said no. And he was like, well, all right. Well, I quit. And he was like one of the big doctors there. And he walked away. Good for him. And yeah, man. Fucking hey, dude. And he's actually now he's doing like telehealth. He can still be a doctor over the phone. Wow. Uh, but it was a gigantic pay fucking cut and a gigantic like he was dude he was like one of the main guys over there and he was like well no i will not do that to my body and i will not you know dude the level of respect i have for my pastor for having a principle and standing by it and just dude that man is absolutely amazing um, sounds like you got a good shepherd I, I think so, dude. Like he is a loving, kind, way generous, one of the best people. He takes no salary from the church. He is absolutely there pro bono. He doesn't even need to be. And, and dude, especially when he was working at the damn hospital, dude, like that guy was working like 80 hour weeks and he was showing up. He was like taking off time from the hospital to show up to be the pastor. And he would still answer his phone if you call him. If I call him right now, he has his phone on him. He's going to answer. He's going <laughs> to talk to me. He's going to, you know what I mean? That's just the man he is, dude. And so like, I don't care if you don't like the church that I go to. Like I've had people say, Oh, you're a Seventh Day worshiper or whatever. Like, or oh, I've went to a Seventh Day Adventist church before. Is that what it's called? Church basically? is open on Saturdays. Like, that's where we. Yeah, come that's that's the, the day you're supposed to go. And well, fact, my my friends would disagree with you and yell and call me <laughs> whatever you want to go. A Saturday observer or whatever. I honestly, I don't even know the origin of why it turned to Sunday. And like to me, I blame the Catholics, and I'm like, I'm not a Catholic, but they did it as long as for short. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you can tell me if you want, because if you have the answer to that, because I don't honestly know. Um, I love my I love my church. I love the community that embraced me and, and took us in uh, that uh, when my wife was pregnant and we were uh, we were like my wife was going to give birth soon. They passed around a hat and fucking filled it with money and fucking gave it to us like wow. that. Like they just took us in that like love us and care about us. Uh, like to me, they are more Christ-like than uh, a lot of the Protestants and or good Christians and or Catholics that I know. So um, I don't care if they wear a yarmulke and blow a shofar. <laughs> I don't fucking care. You can call me a Jew lover. I, I love them. That, well, that's but that's my... probably attracting <laughs> blessings to your congregation too. So that's a really quite Could a be. blessing to have that there, yeah. Um, so the the Catholic Church changed it to Sunday from Saturday as their mark of authority. Um, it's actually one of the Ten Commandments to keep the Sabbath day holy, which is Saturday. That's the work day you're not supposed to work, you're not supposed to uh, exchange money, you know, stuff like that. So that's the day you're supposed to rest. Um, and then they changed it to Sunday, and you know, I've actually heard a lot of the clergy try to justify it, and then usually goes back to the resurrection, uh, which occurred on like a Sunday or a Monday or something like that. And I totally understand the reason for that. But that justification to change the Sabbath day, Christ himself, I don't think would have approved of that. You know, um, he kept the Sabbath himself. So I don't, that to me doesn't make a lot of sense why he would, he wouldn't. It's like, why are you guys making up stuff that he never told you to do? You know, like I get that it's. I guess it comes holy, down to intent. For me, um, like, to me, I think God wanted you to rest and to recognize a day that he wanted, like, humans to rest. And if you choose a day to rest, I don't think God's going to be able... Like, to me, there's too much law and, like, law in, like, Orthodox Judaism where they're like, I can't turn on a light switch. Well, see, that's you're the like, thing. Shut that's up. That might be taking like, things a bit far because that's not related to yeah. vocation and work. And like, so, for instance, I mean, you're not supposed to create a fire, but that might mean if you're a, so hard. But I, I think it comes down, like I said, to intent, where like the Catholic Church is trying to, uh, their intent was to draw authority and to say like, we're choosing Sunday. You know what I mean? And to me, that is like an intent and, and like them trying to uh, take something and or take away from something. So I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with somebody. That is funny, though, that like Christians, they just. And I'm guilty of it myself. I work fucking seven days a week. dude. I never actually take a Sabbath. I don't even know what the fuck that would be like to take a Sabbath. I Josh, do you it. take a Sabbath? What, what do you do? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's a time to rest. So can you uh, fuck your wife on the Sabbath? I'm I'm unmarried, unfortunately, but uh, you're not supposed to have sex on the Sabbath either, by the way. So it's a day dedicated to God. So you'd want to spend it in meditation and prayer, Bible study, getting into the word, uh, more especially the first five books of the Bible, the Torah. I would recommend those. But once I tried to start keeping the Sabbath, I'm curious you, about that. It's far because like I am definitely a New Testament guy. And you think the Torah is more important? Well, uh, the, the gospel is very important. 
and it's likened into the milk of the gospel. To me, so I'm a Christian, Christ. To me, that is like the New Testament is the most important. Well, but um, <laughs> that's so when Jesus is there. I understand, but he also <laughs> taught us to keep God's word. And so we liken the gospel into the milk, right? So when you're born again, a, a born again child nurses milk, right? And with that milk, we form teeth. And the Hebrew word for teeth is shin, which is the spirit, right? So with the milk of the gospel, we form uh, the spiritual understanding to then chew the Torah, which is the meat. So you got the milk to grow on as a baby. And then when you get teeth or spiritual understanding, then you can eat the Torah and you can understand the spiritual underpinning for the Torah um, and better appreciate it. So, for instance, the Torah, the law is not meant to be a burden on us. It is actually meant to show us like a way to navigate the world. So it's actually a blessing. So um, it, it's for me, combining the New Testament and the Old Testament together is quite enlightening because um, well, it all starts to make a lot of sense at that point for me. <laughs> but. I, I mean, I can talk for hours about this stuff, but but primarily about the Sabbath, even just not working that day and observing it, try to keep it holy to the best of your ability has invited so many blessings into my life. My life has improved dramatically over the years um, just by observing that. So uh, the better job you do, the more blessings you attract, in my opinion. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I understand what you're saying about taking things too far. Like you're not supposed to create a fire on that day. Well, but if your fire is not related to your job, then is it unlawful? Because that would be like, well, if I'm a baker or a blacksmith, then yeah, maybe I shouldn't make a fire. But if I'm like burning brush, does that count? <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. Like so, and, and then sometimes uh, also it's not a sin to help your neighbor Sabbath day, like if his ox were to get out and you help him. And I also think of too, I mean, I like to think of when Christ healed that man on the Sabbath, you know. I, he was doing I the Lord's work. So you're, if you're working word, for the, right? you're only allowed to work for the Lord that day if you're going to work at all. Just put it that way. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, shout out to my buddy. You know who you are. I'm sorry that I was mean to you the other day on Facebook about <laughs> about. Well, it takes uh, a big man in it. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. the thing, man. Like uh, the, the there's a lot of wisdom in it, and and uh, as far as aliens and stuff are concerned, I mean, if you really start digging into the Torah. Um, to, to we were given a book by some extraterrestrial type of intelligence, whatever it is, whatever God is, gave it to Moses on Mount Sinai. And uh, in every 49th letter, which is seven times seven, will will spell out T R uh, T O R H Torah. And you do that in Genesis and Exodus. Then in, uh, you skip Leviticus, go to Numbers and Deuteronomy. Then it spells Torah backwards every 49th letter. Well, if you go to Leviticus, every 49th letter spells the name of God, Y-H-W-H. So there will be a good example of like some type of intelligence giving us what today, I don't even know if it, 
an artificial intelligence could create a language and code things like that into it. That perhaps it could, but you know, somehow, some way, I think God provided us that very. I don't even know. See, I'm I'm, I'm speechless actually. <laughs> so well, like I mean, we provided something we don't even yeah. understand, you know. And so to take away from that or to not do what he was telling us to do, like I, there's reasons for it all, and I, I enjoy getting into that, you know. So I think there's a lot of wisdom to be had in it. Um, so that's why I like to focus primarily on like the first five books because those were firsthand account, you know, or, or secondhand, I guess. From, but anyway, it, it is fascinating, man. I, I have definitely I mean, those are the books, honestly, of the Bible that I I mean, I've I've read the first five, probably the most. And then following that, I probably read Matthew the most after that. And Luke, I've read Luke probably uh, three or four times. Uh, but uh, but I mean, and here's a question, you know, sure. if you only had like. You know, you could have just the first five books and the Gospels and still have a pretty complete understanding of things, you know. So I know a lot of times the Bible kind of seems intimidating to people because there's so many books. Well, just in the King James Version, for example, there's 66. But, um, but you know, just reading the first five and the four Gospels and, and just throw, go ahead and throw Revelation in there. Why not? <laughs> and then, or, or Daniel, you know, whatever. So, you know, you can have uh, just under 10 books and really have a good, firm understanding of things, you know. Joshua, what's your opinion on the Bible being so esoteric that it's hard? Like, I think of, like, the book of Revelations being such an esoteric book that it might as well be gobbledygook for the most for the most part, unless you are part, unless you know what it's it's actually saying. Well, and you're any? you're right about that, and on a level, because there's the you know surface level of something, and that's you know if somebody reads something and they're not seeing it through the lens of spirit or that understanding that's given to you by the shin, you know the shin is that Holy Spirit. So when we read scripture and we look at it with the shin it's it it comes alive you know so then it's like i'm reading revelation and now suddenly i'm like oh man that reminds me of something else that i read and such and such you know so the next thing you know i'm going back and reading in daniel and daniel's a really good companion to revelation by the way so if you want to better understand revelation read daniel and so um a lot of the times the animals and things like that represent kingdoms and of course the angels I mean, the, the person seeing this is like, I have no idea what this is. Angel, please explain. <laughs> so a lot of the times the angels are actually explaining what these things are. Um, but yeah, it seems real fantastic at first. But then there's, of course, a lot of things that are still veiled in mystery. And I've noticed that that's one of God's attributes is, is mystery. Um, there are some things that we just uh, are, are purposefully kept from us and but there's scripture too that talks about um it's god's uh i don't want to butcher the scripture but it's it's um in other words he rewards you um it's um, when you search for the truth he'll give it to you you know so i think when you read revelation and you got 
the Holy Spirit in you, like these things are going to pop out at you. And see, that's the thing. You could read it and get something entirely different than when I read it. And so in that way, the body of Christ is a nose, an eye, a mouth, ears. Each of them work together with a totally different purpose for a whole. And in that way, I think. Joshua, I'm going to say something that might make you upset and or you might understand where I'm coming from exactly what you're saying that the body of christ is so many different things and that to me it's all intent based um i feel that human history and the majority of the of these books that have been written like if you if you look at something like the epic of gilgamesh or if you look at some of these books they're all trying to talk about human history and or talking about one creator they're talking about to me yahweh or god or whatever the creator's true name is like so many of these fucking one so many of these books are talking about the same god do you think that that's crazy do you think that that's not true like i i've i've kind of gone down this pathway where i like i'm not a universalist because that's silly and gay I hate that. I hate that. I hate that term. I hate that word. But how much of this is intent based? Like, what if, like, I, and this is this is the devil's advocate. And, and Thomas, uh, my co-host, shout out to Thomas. We love you, buddy. Paranoidamerican.com. Everybody go there. He loves to put point this out. It's like um, because at one time there was like an, an idea of ignorance. Like, let's say you didn't know about Jesus. Like, if you were in some isolated tribe. Like, well, God's not going to fault you for that, and you're automatically going to go to heaven. So these missionaries that would go to this, like, remote island and tell them about God, all of a sudden, if they didn't accept it, then then they were going to hell. So (laughs) were you condemning them? You know, like, I don't know. I could comment on that real quick. Sure. Um, Two things. So first of all, the, the end doesn't come until the gospel has reached every corner of the earth so that is true and that's probably why a lot of evangelicals or maybe people that are even zionist in nature do that is because they're trying to hasten the end right uh-huh. but it, in an irresponsible way perhaps right so um here's another more practical example as well if you go to the uh, old testament there's the character known as joshua and he was moses's aid essentially and he was instructed not to ever speak the law because when you speak the law, you are condemning that person. So when they're ignorant and they're sin, they're not being condemned. If I then say the law to them and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Now they know better. And if they continue to persist in it, now they're living in that sin and they are condemned. So, yes, there is some validity to that. In fact, um, uh, I think when they went to Gilgal and they even uh, put all the laws on rocks and stacked them or something like that. <laughs> but um, even then they weren't speaking it, you know, so they were writing it. But they weren't allowed to speak it because he, just hearing it, it had that. Well, that's the word of God, you know, so it has that effect on people. That's why the word of God triggers people, I think, is because as soon as they hear it, they may not like it, but they know there's something to it. And then like, it starts to agitate them. So that's why it's usually best to go with the milk of the gospel when you're witnessing the people, because 
salvation exempts us from the punishment under the law. And so mm. it's a much easier way to win people over. And then once somebody is a Christian and they want to know God more, well, then maybe they'll start to wade into the Torah and be like, oh, this is so cool. We're so lucky to have this. <laughs> and so, but it sometimes takes time. You know, a baby doesn't grow into an adult overnight. So just like when we're born again Christians, it takes time to appreciate God's word and its fullness. And that's how we become stronger is by eating that meat. You know, meat and milk. Agreed, man. And honestly, uh, this sounds a little crazy to some folks, but it's like, no, it shouldn't. But to me, humans, like, like it says in the Bible, we're not the judge. God is the judge. To me, like our job is to share the gospel of Christ with them, to show, to kind of be ambassadors for Christ to them and to try and to kind of come to them with like love and not necessarily like acceptance like yeah you're butt fucking everybody that's great you know what i mean but you're supposed to show them like christ's love for them because no matter what they're doing god loves them and that once they kind of accept jesus into their heart that's kind of like you you've done your part and the Holy Spirit, then it's his time to do the heavy lifting. That's when, like, because like, I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life, and I've seen it in other people's lives. That's when the Holy Spirit, he starts with, like, convictions in your heart. Like, that's when he starts doing the spirit work. That's when he starts doing that, like, heart work mm. on, on somebody. And so, like, your job is, like, to bring it up, like, uh, to, like, pitch it. And it's plant the seed. Yeah, yeah, to plant the seed and the Holy Spirit to knock it out of the ballpark. Well, and that's when you're taking a shower one day and the water hits your skin and you have an epiphany and you're like, oh man, that thing from six months ago, you know? And that's a good example of the Holy Spirit water and that seed. And that spirit surgery isn't your job to do. And the more you did, I mean, I'm the most fucking. Uh, stubborn person you've ever met. If you're trying to tell me something is X, I'm going to say, fuck you, it's Y. You know what I mean? And that was just me. I had to come up with it myself and or internally find it myself and or was spoken to by the Holy Spirit. You know what I mean? So like to me, like the more people, like my, my poor mother, my poor mother trying to fucking correct me as a as a child i the second she was telling me to do something i was like fuck off and i would literally jump out the window and run away for a few days (laughs) that was that was my mentality um but yeah as far as like i i think about like the westboro baptist church where i even think about like I because I mean they're they are a caricature of a Christian of a judgmental Christian where they'll show up to like a, a, a fallen soldier's uh, funeral and be like and, and just like you know you you know what I'm saying judge this person and be like God hates fags and you're like well maybe God hates dudes butt fucking each other. But he doesn't hate the fags. God loves that person. He made that person. 
He loves them completely, wholly. He loves them, every single part of them. He doesn't want them to butt fuck their homie, right? But like he loves them. And so if you loved them and you were kind to them and you brought them to them, maybe the Holy Spirit would work on them. And maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> well, what I would say is that's a great attitude to have, but we can't be um, too lax about the fact that there is a day of judgment. And sure. There, there is a day when the door to the How ark much shuts. So, like, man, <laughs> do you think that those fucking, uh, what do they call that? Like, uh, fire and brimstone. Oh I don't yeah, know how much that I grew up Baptist. Well, yeah, you can have the hell scared out of you for real, right? Sure. So, I mean, and it, and it, it does to work <laughs> on some people, but um, but here's Dude, the thing: I've only fear- said this a couple times on my podcast. I, my mother, when I was growing up, I was probably almost a teenager, maybe close to a teenager. My mother looked at me and said, Nathan. If you were gay, I would kill myself in front of you. <laughs> wow, that's this trauma. was like I was like, well, here's the knife, sweetheart. You know, like what am I supposed to say to that? Like I'm not gay, but like you're lucky, bitch. Like is this is this? You know what's hilarious too? And I'll just throw this out there. She used to take me to musicals. I grew up watching The Sound of Music. Uh, I grew up listening. She got me in tap dance. She she fucking she had me listening to uh, South Pacific, Carousel, like all the old classic musicals. Like these are songs that are still in my head. And I was like, "Is this like a like a long con? Is this like a suicide wish?" And like you were trying to, you were doing everything in your power to turn me gay, and then you're like, "If you're gay, I'll kill myself in front of you for Jesus." <laughs> anyway, well, the Jesus. clothes don't make the man. It's lucky that I love that I was a pussy hound because I was a fucking pussy hound. But Jesus, man, if if she, if I had been gay, I was so stubborn, I would have sucked a cock in front of her and handed her a knife. <laughs> And so she's lucky that I wasn't gay. That crazy fucking bitch. That's not Christ-like. If you're gay, I'll kill myself in front of you. Well, I mean, yeah. But um, an interesting story about that is you can look at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, um, you know, Lot and his family had to be ready to leave that city uh, or suffer the hell and brimstone that you mentioned a little bit ago. Hellfire and Brimstone. That's a reference you know, to Sodom and Gomorrah. Joshua, story. do you know this better than me? Because I was bringing up Sodom and Gomorrah the other day, and I was like, we only ever mentioned Sodom. What was Gomorrah? Like, you know, we call like why did why was Sodom so important? We we named a whole sex act Sodomy. Why don't we call it Gomorrahmy? Like, what the fuck was Gomorrah? <laughs> I can't remember what the word Gomorrah means, but um, it was a Basically, these cities were just so rife with sin. Um, I mean, as the story goes with Lot, you know, they didn't even want anything to do with his daughters. They just wanted uh, the angels that had came to visit him. So they wanted that sweet watcher dog. They were looking <laughs> at those Nephilim. Yeah. Like, mm. But that just, you know what I mean? Like the, the people there were apparently so depraved that it was just like, oh, 
So this place is slated for destruction. The angels are like, guys, you need to get out of here. We're getting ready to level this place. We got the, <laughs> we got the sulfur ready. Uh, and, you know, so they had to get out of there, you know. So we're going to kind of see that on a worldwide scale soon. I mean, look at Man, what's going I'm on. I'm just going to throw this out there, too, for anybody listening and or everybody knows the story. Sodom Gomorrah. There was a guy named Lot. He was living in this in this city, and he was a good, like God follower. He was a, he was a member of the you know of like Christ's kingdom. Christ didn't exist yet, but he always was eternal. Anyways, you know what I'm saying. And or uh, the whole place had turned into Portland, Oregon, where yeah, I live. That's a good example. <laughs> Everybody was trying to buff fuck each other, and they were like only men's buttholes and so they were they were getting real gay and god was like this place is so gay <laughs> there's so much like there's so much sand on shovels right now everybody's playing in the mud i'm gonna smite this place and so a lot was like all right God. Well, anyways, long story short, it was super gay. God was going to fucking condemn this city because there was so much butt fucking happening. Uh, God had sent down some angels. Was Were they like warning them? What What were the angels doing there? They were they there were, to like, get Lot and family. take him out. Yeah, they yeah, were they there were like, to rapture him out. That's, that's the whole definition of rapture. Okay, basically. and then like, and then all the hipsters from Portland had seen these angels come down and they're like, mm, oh man, I bet that angel butthole is divine. And so they were looking at these angels and they were trying to boo them. And God was like, what the fuck? Well, the angels blinded them at the and, Well, that happened next, right? Because yeah. they're like, we're going to go butt fuck these angels. And God was like, what the hell? And so he blinded the entire city of homos. They were trying to boo-foo these angels. And they, regardless, they were so horny for those angels' buttholes that they were still pounding on the door. And, and then Lot was like, no, fuck, stop, guys. Look, I'm going to give you my virgin daughters. And these guys were like, no, I still want them. They are sitting there. Like, how wild was this place? Sodom and Gomorrah was so crazy that these wild homos had seen an angel and got so horny for an angel that, that God had completely blinded them. They were like, they're sitting there disfigured. They're, they're completely permanently disabled. And, and they still want angel butthole. And God was like, no. And so then... Lot was like, I'll give you my daughter's virginity. And they were like, no, I still want the, the angel's butthole. And then God was like, I'm destroying the city. Get out of there now. And instead of, like you said, raptured, he was like, y'all run. And so then they're running. And for some reason, Lot's wife, they told him, don't look back. Lot's wife turns around. And she, and I've had it explained to me that she, like, she loved it. Like, she loved the city. She still loved, she had still, like, a piece of Babylon in her heart. And that's yeah. why she was Such condemned. 
because like she's still like she still wanted to go to drag shows in Portland. She still wanted to go to Dante's down here in Portland. She still wanted to like do a little blow on the weekends. She still wanted to like uh, suck some strange in a glory hole down and like shout out to. Well, I'm not going to shout them out. There's gross glory holes out here in Portland. That's what she was still like thirsting for. And like everybody else kept running and she like turned back and that was her punishment. That's why the bitch got turned into salt. It's not because she just like looked back. It's because like her look back was her like yearning, yearning for Babylon. And that was the condemnation. And that's what killed her. And um, also another part in the Bible, it talks about how um, judgment comes when pride Budeth, and mm-hmm. you know, of course, any generation prior to this, we maybe wouldn't look at that the same. But what does pride mean today? You know, so I think that is happens to be one of the things that really does make what, God. Mad. I forget what month is that. Is it June? What is Pride Month? I think so. Yeah. yeah. And here's another, and that's incidental. So listen, um, in the parable of the fig tree, when Christ is dispensing with that parable, he says. Um, ye shall know that summer is nigh. He makes a reference to the season. So again, we're not, we don't know the day or the hour, but we know the season. Well, he's telling us judgment's going to come with the parable of the fig tree. Uh, you shall know that um, it's summer. And he's talking about the branch that's forming from the fig tree. It's not going to fruit. It's only going to grow leaves. And so the one he curses in the gospel only has leaves. It doesn't have fruit. So we're going to see this one world uh, government thing try to come to fruition, but it won't because it's going to get shaken by that mighty wind beforehand. So we're in those stages. So yeah, and I understand like maybe it's not going to be this year or next year, but they are talking about the red heifer sacrifice and stuff like that. Um, that could be in the spring, you know. So once they do that, <laughs> things might get a little more interesting, but. Are you familiar with the Lucius Trust? Yeah. Well, to a degree, probably not as much as you. But yeah, the uh, basically the New World Order gang and their bank accounts. And, um, that's the a Lucius lot of to do Trust with the is a group of Aquarius. psychos that started a publication. It was originally called the Lucifer Trust or yeah. Lucifer Publications. And uh, it was started by a psycho cunt named Alice Bailey. Um, and this Lucifer or Lucius Trust is now tied in with the UN. Um, and people think of the UN as some sort of like scientific and or like very serious body of United Nations that are. Uh, but if you look at them every single year, like now you could look at the at uh, the Lucius Trust website. Um, they every year they pray this the Great Invocation, and every year they are praying for this coming about of the cosmic Christ. Well, who do you think that's going to be? And they speak <laughs> of this being that is going to bring peace. Uh, that is going to, and, and people think that I'm I'm being a wacky tinfoil hat wearing psycho talking about this, but you can look this up 
right now, this moment, you can find the Lucius Trust. It's connected to the UN. It's connected to all of these elitist, eugenicist, psychopath, inbred uh, yep. psychos um, that are speaking about this coming cosmic Christ is what they speak. That is what they refer to him as, as the cosmic Christ. And so much of this, like, hey, these aliens in Miami, hey, these uh, whatever the fuck is going on, this AI, these weird shit that's happening right now. All of this is uh, them soft, soft disclosure of their picked monster that how much of this do you think is a spiritual thing, Joshua? And how much of this is a physical thing and they're trying to manipulate us through text? Like, sometimes when I think of these Christian Zionists, when I think of these dispensationalists that try to enact um, scripture, they try to fulfill scripture, they try to fulfill prophecy. To me, they're tryhards and they're in this physical realm and they're trying to tell us that right now is the end times and they're trying to uh, bring about the end times. To me, it's a death cult. To me, these psycho these people that I grew up listening to, uh, looking up to uh, people like Billy Graham. Billy Graham was a fucking wolf in sheep's clothing. Yeah. Well, a lot um, of the televangelists are. Uh, most of them, dude. I do. I've seen um, Kenneth Copeland in person. I shook his hand. I met uh, Creflo Dollar. I've met like uh, I've met a like a lot of these people. And my mom still looks for like looks up to these people. I've met these people. I've I've uh, I've gone to church. I've met these people. You you know what I'm saying? That that was the world that I grew up in. Um. These people are psychos, man. Like, that's honestly why I'm skeptical of right now being the end times. I think that the end times, it's like we do not know the day, the time, the hour that it's going to come. It's going to come like a thief in the night, right? That's what it says. But it's not I, – I don't know if it's now. But you're right that I think that we need to prepare for it. I think that we need to – like, it, right where it says, like, you need to be the bridegroom – you need to be ready. You need to have the candle lit. Yeah, the wise and foolish virgins. Christ. But um, I don't know if it's now. But I know that there is a certain group of people that are trying to make us think that it's now. And they're going to try to make us think that their Christ is their Christ. That, that, that well, their yeah. Christ is the Christ. <laughs> right? That's and why it's important to know what wild, Christ man. taught because... It's so easy to just say, oh, Jesus would accept everything and anything. and He loves you no matter what. And, well, that is the path to the Antichrist, you know. So it's very scary, slippery slope, you know, because there are rules. He didn't teach you to just disregard the rules. He said he didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Yeah. So, you know, but uh, is it a spiritual or material thing? I think it's both. Um, yeah. I think that both of those things are interrelated. So, you know, it's in the food you eat, it's in the shampoo you use. I mean, we're in, we're engaged in warfare 
uh, every day of our life, every moment of our life, everything around us is poison and toxic and yeah. trying to kill us. And uh, when you start to see the world that way, I mean, yeah, you can sound a little schizophrenic thinking everything's toxic and poison, but it's the truth. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody yeah. listening right now, um, dude, filter your water. Uh, the EPA right. right now, as we're speaking, it has a full-on assault and war against Berkey water filters right now. If you're paying attention right now, they're trying to shut down Berkey water filters. They're My friend just got one of those. Uh, the, yes, Berkey water filters have been doing, I would say, God's work, providing, providing people with, uh, you know, the water of life, fresh, clean, filtered water that God created uh, without all the fucking chemicals and hormones and all kinds of other bullshit in it uh, for the decades upon decades. And uh, they, the EPA is trying to fight them right now and trying to destroy them. Everybody go show Berkey some love. Go buy a fucking Berkey water filter if you haven't. And you know what? Stack up on filters right now. Yeah, because they, and, they uh, cost like a couple hundred dollars every time you got a bomb. I think like once a year. But It's not even that much, man. Well, when you consider yeah. the your health, you know, can you really put a yeah. price tag on that and your family's health and your pets? And then break you it down know. for a month. You know what I mean? If you're spending a hundred bucks on on filters, get a get a fluoride filter, get the filter, get the black charcoal filter, and then get those white fluoride filters as well. Yeah, fluoride is uh, very bad for you. Very, very bad for you. And if you need to, I mean, get the water filter for your shower filter the water that you're putting into when it's hot and it's going into your pores that's a good just, point too yeah just do it man uh joshua it's been almost two hours let's let's talk a little more uh i know next time like i think we were going to talk about mothman <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of and notes we here about, talking about the Bible and interpretations. Like, we're just gonna have to have you back on, dude. Like, we, okay. I want to talk cryptids. You were also talking about like occult movies. You were talking about like, like eschatology. Like, we could have a million conversations, dude. So exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you want to maybe just type some loose ends yes. here about what we were talking about. Yes. So um, I guess um, as far as the cosmic Christ and stuff like that's concerned. So what I wanted to kind of mention there was Alice Bailey also helped to kind of promote the age of Aquarius, which everybody kind of. She talks did. About. Absolutely. Uh, the new age movement is really big in that, you know, and among other things, if you look at it from an esoteric occult standpoint, uh, Aquarius is relating to the uh, the shin bones of the body. And um, the shin bones are very interesting because you also have the shin Hebrew character, which of course means tooth, but incidentally we call our shins shins. Well, if you look at the Hebrew letter of the shin, it can be accented on the left and the right. And incidentally, we have a left and right shin, right? So um, when you accent the shin on the right, it produces a shh sound. Or the sound when you place your finger in front of your two front teeth. Well, shin in Hebrew refers to those two front teeth in particular that you put your finger in front of when you do shh. 
to make the the sh sound well if you accent that shin character on the left you get sin instead of shin and removes the h and so you get like what a snake sounds like right um so the age of aquarius um he's he's holding the the vessel and pouring out the spiritual waters what is that in my opinion he's pouring out the shin the holy spirit and just like it talks about acts 2 16 when god will pour his spirit out on the earth people will start to have visions and dreams and things like that so um he's the aquarius is pouring out those spiritual waters which is the shin so if you're marked with the blood of the lamb that's the shin so you're not going to be harmed if you are in sin then you're going to be harmed by those spiritual waters in my opinion so you know judgment will come to those that are in sin while those in shin will they'll have like the blood of the lamb on their door so to speak because they're covered in the blood of the lamb right so i even took this a step further and um looked at the zodiac aquarius well beside it you have capricorn on the left which is your sin right uh, and then you got the lamb on the right which i think kind of references like the shin so i think you can kind of even see it in the zodiac a little bit there too um so we had the lamb of god which was jesus or yeshua right or joshua so you got that sh in the name so the man of sin that we'll have at some point come will be more of a capricornian influence in my opinion and uh we'll have more of a s name he shouldn't have the sh in his name uh, if he's if he's following this rule <laughs> so that's kind of maybe um, a little esoteric but i i think it's pretty spot on because after all if christ wasn't if if who we say is born on december 25th it, you know that person is a capricorn right so if he was indeed born then he would be a capricorn um but a lot of people think he was born on 9 11. so if anything he could have been conceived uh during christmas and then born a virgo um or born a an aries you know, one way or the other but i don't think it was necessarily um late december but anyway a look at the shin and aquarius and all of that i think helps to really pull those things together because capricorn and aquarius are both ruled by saturn as well so when you take all that into account it's like oh okay i'm starting to see the themes there you know um of course wrestling the uh, uh the angel for the crown and and, and the serpent uh, constellation wears a crown and Ophiuchus, uh, that's another reference to the serpent, overcoming the serpent and taking that crown back that was stolen from us in the Garden of Eden. You know? So when you look at the serpent's constellation, you can see a crown on it as well. So I would relate that also to this motif of the Age of Aquarius. Um, I know, sorry, I didn't mean to get all over the place there. I just knew we were winding down, so I didn't want to leave yeah. some things off there. So yeah, yeah, I think there is this uh, cosmic Christ thing. It is I know it sounds kind of woo woo, <laughs> but you know it's by their own design, you know. And he might be uh, Ashkenazim, for instance, because again he's going to have to claim that crown and that authority and rulership. Um, and so 
he would be if he's coming from the synagogue of Satan. Uh, I would look for a Capricorn, and the Quran even goes so far as to say he has one eye. So you look for a one-eyed Capricorn with an S in his name, <laughs> and that might be your guy. So. So when you refer to the Quran, do you think how much wisdom and or knowledge and or truth do you like how much uh, validity do you put in uh, to books like the Quran? Well, um, mind you, uh, there are commentaries on the Quran, much like there are commentaries on the Torah. So um, a lot of times when people give flack to the Old Testament or, or Judaic ways, they're actually, their beef is really with the Talmud, not with the Torah. Um, and so that's the commentary on the Torah. So much like with that, you have commentary on the Quran as well. So I would say that it, one has to be careful not to conflate the two. You know, don't think that these hadiths, which are commentary, that's basically the equivalent of the Talmud. Um, some of those aren't so great, right? <laughs> Um, but if you get back to like the actual scripture, some of that stuff is kind of interesting because they borrow a lot of the traditions from Jews, like uh, not eating pork, not drinking alcohol. Um, in other words, being as clean as possible, according to like certain laws. So in that way, I can see the Abrahamic influence. And I think that that alone probably attracts a lot of blessings to them. Well, I mean, even according to the Torah, I mean, they, they are... Uh, I mean, they are the sons of Abraham. They are, and uh, but they're not actually given the inheritance to the land. That's given to Jake, or excuse me, Isaac. Um, and so, um, when you look at that aspect, well, they were still blessed. They just weren't blessed by giving being given the inheritance. Uh, Abraham was told that his seed would outnumber the stars, right? So if you really include Jews and Islam, uh, Muslims rather together, to. yeah. then that is as many as the stars. <laughs> you know, it's 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 quite voluminous. <clears throat> so uh, I think in that way they are certainly blessed, and they just weren't given being given the land. Now, where that uh, I mean, then you look at the modern day. Well. I wouldn't even call them blessed, unfortunately, <laughs> and they're not given the land. Well, but that's because we're in the end times. So, I, but mm -hmm. see, under Christ, we can all become inheritors. So even the uh, uh, even Muslims or whomever, you know, it doesn't matter where you're from, we can all become inheritors to the land. So, uh, you know, in the aftermath of all of this you know it's we're going to have a lot of different races living in israel together in my opinion um, now not everybody believes in a millennial reign but i'm of the persuasion that uh, we will have a 1000 year millennial reign in israel but it's not going to be just who's living there now because those aren't the true inheritors but uh so yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> and maybe I'll get married then and be finally able to have children or something. But um, so it just doesn't feel right 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 now to do that um, with that way everything's going. But Joshua, I would cool. say do not let any any interpretation of uh, eschatology and or end times stop you 
from meeting the right lady and having some kids because God knows what those kids are supposed to do. God has a plan for us. I do because I mean here there's there's a good crossover of Christians and with the right wingers and with the red pilled folks and with the conspiracy theorists. We all have this idea of where this um, we're in a terrible time right now. And, and there's some truth to that. There's some like awful stuff that's happening in this world in this simulation that scares a lot of folks from having kids. And I've, I've had people that like ask me, they're like, why would you bring a child into this world right now? What are you doing? And I would just say that like, if you have trust in God, our God has a plan. Our God, every single life, every single pair of lungs that, decides to breathe god had a plan for them god had a purpose for them god knew that they were going to be here god knew us before we were in the womb right and so don't let this scary time scare you away from meeting the right pretty jewish lady or whatever you're after joshua preferably with red hair yeah there you I, go if i found a red-headed chick Nephilim god then yeah i'd get married <laughs> it's not like i have them beating down the doors yeah. so, you know. but uh brother be fruitful and um, uh, you know i feel you man many numbers brother and uh, and you know if the end of the world comes it comes uh but their spirit is eternal and you they are going to be with you for eternity and you are going to be with the father. So uh, I'm I'm not afraid, man. I'm ready to go down swinging, whatever that means. And I have Christ in my heart, and I am com in communion with the Holy Spirit. And, I have a question uh, for you. If I mean, let's just say tomorrow. Just tomorrow you know, again. It's there's, happening we don't tomorrow. Know the day the it's all over with. Tomorrow is it? Yes. Well, just imagine though. Like, what if? Uh, that day come where um, you have that option of leaving the United States. Now, not just, I'm not saying like getting on a plane or a boat. Imagine a figure like Moses going to our president and saying, let my people go. And then we then marches to the beach on the East coast or the West coast, whatever puts down a staff and the waters part. Would you walk would you start, would you, would you go? That's to me, the question, right? Like, without hesitation, <laughs> right? Cause so many people are like, I would get a duck. If an alien showed up, I would, you know, yeah. Abduct me. I'm like, if the rapture happens, <laughs> I'm going, you know, like, so I think that kind of the uh, alien abduction thing too, is almost like trying to but people trick us out of the rapture. Worried about this. And I'm just going to throw this out there too, because God said that this Antichrist, that this Antichrist is going to uh, trick the people. Miracles. Yes, he's going to he's going to perform wonders. He's going to perform miracles. He's going to bring peace for a time, and he is going to be sold as the Prince of Peace. He's going to be the embodiment of what some people are going to call Christ, and he is going to trick a lot of believers. That's what, at least what I was taught, that there's going to be a lot of people that are 
um, they're going to have the wool over their eyes and they're going to fall for this cosmic Christ, whatever this yeah, is. Exactly. And so people do need to be skeptical. Like, I've had a lot of folks on here that have talked to me and they think that maybe Elon Musk is going to be this antichrist or Donald Trump is going to be the antichrist. My, okay. I love you, mom. She just sent me a TikTok <laughs> of how Obama is actually the antichrist. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe you're right, mom. I don't know. <laughs> well, um, it's literally my said. right now. And she's like, I'm telling you, Barack Obama is the Antichrist. As at, of the examples you provided, um, Barack Hussein Obama, he does have uh, two left-accented shins in his name. Hussein's not Hussein. It's Hussein. So there, you do have two S's there. And there was one other. You said Musk. That also doesn't have a sh. It's a S. So those two men have the shin, left-accented shin in their name. So we could at least keep them in the... Uh, now, Donald Trump, on the other hand, I'm not so sure because he doesn't have the proper name. Um, but if any of these people like get one eye anytime soon, <laughs> uh, watch out. Keep an Especially, eye out, guys. Yeah, if they get out. the one eye, if they get that Illuminati confirmed. See, dude, I mean, they're, that's that's the thing. They're, they're trying to manifest them. Yeah, world. man. Absolutely. And what is that symbolism when every single celebrity and or model and or actor and or whatever musician, they cover up that one eye? Is it Osiris or is it, you know, the Antichrist or is it the same thing? Or, or is it Odin or is it, Odin you know, like well, all yeah. the different one eyed symbolism throughout history? Is it the Antichrist? Can I share a scripture with you real quick? Please, uh, man. Zachariah. We can close however you want. We can close in prayer. We can do whatever we want to do, man. Zechariah 11, specifically Zechariah 11, 17, talks about the um, mark of an idle shepherd. Um, God will cleave his right arm and darken his right eye, specifically. Right eye. And Odin, specifically, he gave his right eye. So if you look into his story, it is specifically his right eye. So don't want to say Odin's the Antichrist necessarily, but it, it's a good fit, right? So um, yeah, those things are. I don't rule it out. Collect. So the uh, the Antichrist would be an idle shepherd, you know, a man of sin, the left accented shin. So so yeah, I mean, something to think about. But yeah, uh, can we pray, man? Like absolutely, brother. Yes. Um, so uh, just wanted to mention first, your name is Nate, right? Is that Nathaniel or Nathan? Nathan? So your name means gift, right? So Nathaniel would be gift of God, Nathan's gift. So I just wanted to point that out because I like talking about names whenever I meet people. That's um, fascinating, man. I've always heard that my name was gift of God, but Nathaniel, yeah, Nathaniel, L. Yeah, the L. Yeah, part for that, that is yeah. gift of God. Okay. Um, do you mind if I pray in my own way? Like my, my sure. Use the name of God. <laughs> okay. Joshua, so, uh, go ahead, man. Jehovah, we thank you for uh, allowing us this opportunity to talk about your word and share your gospel, and I ask that you uh, 
please continue allowing us to share our gifts, our Nathans, with one another as the body of Christ, and that we help learn uh, one another's potential, and that we promote uh, water um, our gifts so that we can grow and be more fruitful in our understanding of your word. Please prepare us for these times that we're heading into, if indeed these are the times that are mentioned in the scripture. And please help us wear your armor as it's mentioned in Ephesians 6. Help us wear your helmet of salvation, your breastplate of truth, um, and your shield of faith. And I think it's actually the belt of truth. <laughs> and to and, and give us the feet shod with the gospel so that we can have um, the ability to withstand the wiles of the devil. And then we can be armored and able to do spiritual battle. Thank you so much for this opportunity. And I ask that you bless those who are hearing um, our transmission and that you help us save souls in these end times. So may it be. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Joshua. That's a nice helmet of salvation you got on there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was, uh, from the time I was little, on our way when we were driving actually this was a prayer that i was taught so i and i still even when i was in, did when i was an atheist i would still pray the same way uh which is wild to me but like we'd start with like lord jesus bless us bless our household uh give everyone happiness and health lord and right now we come together in the name of jesus we put on the helmet of salvation the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith, and the sword of the spirit. And on our hearts, Father, we put on compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, patience, meekness, and overall self-control. In your precious name, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. And that was a prayer that I've been saying every single day on the way to work and every single day since I was a child that is a prayer that i say um and uh i yeah amen well how wild that that would be so similar to what i said <laughs> so that to me is a testament of the spirit man that's awesome joshua this was a blast brother um thank you so much for coming on uh we didn't even talk about mothman we didn't talk about i mean we slightly <laughs> kind of talked about cryptids but we didn't really dig deep so uh we're gonna have to do it again man yeah i happen to be um just 30 miles from ground zero for mothman so i know a little bit about the not just the urban legend but also some of the other lore that surrounds it so i was hoping to kind of flesh out the, the picture that is known as Mothman. Do you know, uh, do you know Drew Misson? Do you know, uh, he's got a podcast called You're Missing the Point? Oh, I have not heard that. Okay, you should definitely look him up. He's a friend of the show, good buddy, Drew Misson. He does a show called like, what's it called? It's like Christian uh, something or other. Well, he, he gets together and he, and he talks to conspiracy-minded Christians, and he does this like once a month, I think you'd be a perfect fit for that show. Uh, so yeah, man. I think that would be awesome. And I'm going to try to hook you guys up so you guys can chat because um, I think that would be that'd be pretty damn neat. And Josh Thank is awesome. You. Josh Always is looking awesome. for fellowship. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. And Drew is awesome. So I want to hook you guys up. So we're, we're going to make that happen after the show. And everybody listen, Josh, why don't you tell our audience one more time where they can find you? What's what's the name of your Instagram? And what are the other shows that you're doing with your friends? Uh, Instagram, you can find me as Appalachian Aesthetic. There's an underscore there between the two words. Um, if you want to find me on Telegram, it's The Branch. Um, if you want to find me on YouTube, that would be uh, 33 the branch 01 and then on um, uh, also on YouTube got the Solomon report and also King of Cups. So I do a lot of shows with different people. Um, I myself haven't yet started a channel. I finally did kind of get things the groundwork laid. so I think I'm just gonna start by uploading all the other things I've done with other people first and then maybe eventually start producing my own content. But I just enjoy it more doing it with other people. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, it's, it's fun to riff with someone else. Like I, I was doing uh, some stuff solo for a while and uh, uh, I'm glad that Thomas was uh, a good friend of mine and uh, we, uh, we had a good rapport. And so he became a co-host. It's, it's, it's good having communion, right? That's like God yeah. wants you to have the body of Christ is, uh, yeah, it's, it's good to have other folks, but dude, I also encourage you to, you've got a lot to say. You've got a lot of opinions. You've got a lot of thoughts. Uh, dude, start your own channel. hundred percent, dude. And invite interesting folks that you like to have conversations with you on it. I know I, I constantly get prodded into doing it so i know eventually it'll happen i just yeah. for some reason i don't know i guess i've always just been waiting for the right time maybe that time is meow maybe that time is right meow that's right <laughs> <laughs> well thanks again for your time man absolutely man and uh my wonderful amazing talented co-host thomas aka the paranoid american uh, was not here today because he was doing a million other things. So I'm going to give his plugs. Everybody go to paranoidamerican.com. He's still working with uh, Sam Tripoli doing the Chaos Twins. If, it, if you guys want to uh, look into a comic book that is kid-friendly, but is also about like uh, like uh, young girls, they're twin girls that are like, uh, they are the, is protagonist uh, gendered? What is that? Protagonist probably is not gendered, uh, but so they so. are the protagonists fighting the bad guys, fighting the Illuminati uh, with a bunch of fun characters like uh, the Chupacabros and like <laughs> uh, the Sasquatch guy. I can't remember his name, but like it's it's a really cute, awesome comic book series that they are working. And I think they're even working towards making it like an animated series. So everybody give them love and support. It's a fun, family friendly. I, I don't think there's any curse words in it. It's something that you can like uh, have fun with with your kids. Um, so that's called Chaos Twins. So go to chaoswins.com or samtriply.com or paranoidamerican.com and you can get a copy of that and support them it, with their uh, their fun project there. That is super cool. But uh, we are going to close in, we're going to close this episode with a music video uh, that Thomas made because Thomas is also awesome and he makes music as well. Uh, this, is, this song is called Moonchild. Ooh. And 
Uh, it's all about, I can't think of her name, the actual name of the lady, but the lady that was getting boned by, uh, <laughs> by, uh, Jeff Parsons, uh, uh, Parsons, but also Alistair Crowley trying to make the moon child, like the lady, the scarlet woman trying to make, uh, yeah. So that's what this song is about. So we're going to, we're going to close out with a music video that Thomas made, uh, and uh, Thomas makes esoteric, bizarre, amazing, a call to music as well. So everybody go to paranoidamerican.com. And I can't remember that. I'll try to add it in the plugs. I'm sorry. In the show notes, he's got a new website where he is showing a lot of the really cool music that he's making with really cool artists as well. So he's teaming up with a lot of folks making some really cool music. So everybody go paranoidamerican.com and uh, Joshua, thank you so much, dude. I happen to be a moon child. My brother and I were both born on Saturday full moons. Bizarre, man. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> okay, everybody, uh, listen to and watch the music video Moon Child. And uh, Joshua, hang on, dude, because uh, uh, I'm going to hook you up with a couple folks. All right, man. All right. Let's watch it. Is it playing yet? <laughs> it's got demons. It's got a few. She's filled with semen in a circle under the moon.
She's a moon.